Good morning, welcome to Mr. Hoffman Podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Mottram. It is the morning after Washington secured its first NFC East championship in five years with a little help from their friends in Philadelphia. Here to talk about that. It's the Jalen Hurts to my Nate Sudfeld, Matt Terrell. Hey, Matt. Hi, Jamie. How are you? Doing great. We're champs. We are champs. I, I was I was already, I did my research and I was prepared to discuss the two and five wizards with you, uh, but I guess that's not going to be the top item today. I refer to them as the undefeated in 2021 wizards. Oh, that's an even better point. Yeah, let's really break that down. Yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, this was a weird game. <laughs> this was a weird football game, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it started very normal. Like, my son got, a, as a reward for good behavior, he got to watch, like, the first quarter, which bled into basically, like, the first half. He went to bed thinking that this was a pretty normal Sunday night football game. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, it hadn't gone off the rails at that point. The second half was unlike anything I'd ever seen. Yeah, I mean, well, let's let's. Well, how did you interpret what happened? Let's do it that way. I mean, I thought it was a huge. What the fuck are you doing, Doug Peterson? What it, I, 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 what the only motivation for benching him? I don't know. Let's get into the motivations. I guess the only one that seems to have any merit would be he's tanking for draft position, but. A loss last night moves them from ninth to sixth in the draft. And while that's very uh, set in stone, there's not other factors and variables at play. So I, I can see why you might be enticed to do that. At what cost, man? Moving up to sixth from ninth, at, at what cost? I mean, he's a laughing stock now. Yeah, it, and the vibe that I got, at least from what I saw after the game, and I will be honest, I've not done much to break it down this morning, um, but... What I saw after the game, he seemed shocked that people were like um, distressed by it, that 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 there was any sort of um, question about it. And I, I mean, when you look at the statistics, I will say you can sort of see his point. I mean, just on the on the stat line, Hertz doesn't look as great. It doesn't look great at all. He's seven for twenty for seventy two yards in interception. He did run in two, I believe, one or mm-hmm. two. Yeah. Um, and they were just moving the ball. But that's the thing is from, from the classic thing you say where it's like, oh, what, what are the fans of the opposing team saying when you like, you know, when you pull a pitcher, <laughs> right. how, how right. relieved are you? And, and I was like over the moon. I thought Hertz was going to beat us. I mean, I don't know what I don't know where you were on Sunday, but I was texting with people saying, like, I think this is the game where they make Jalen Hurts into, like, a legend. I think Jalen Hurts goes into the offseason riding super high because Washington lets him run all over them and loses a must-win game to a depleted team. That's what I expected. And so maybe that's what I was perceiving because I was expecting it, but, like, my God. Um, I don't know, man. Yeah, it felt like any time – well, it started well. I mean, they got up 10 nothing, but then it just turned, like, late first quarter. And, uh, you know, they Philly went up 14-10. It kind of felt at that point like they were going to have trouble with Hurts. You know, maybe they were going to uh, you know, stymie him a bit, but, like, the Philly offense was effective with Hurts, whether that was with him scrambling, planned or otherwise, or just Washington shooting himself in the foot with penalties, which – also highly questionable but anyway uh 
yeah, Philly seemed headed in the right direction. And also, on the other hand, after that opening drive touchdown, first one in 16 games, um, the Washington offense looked so anemic, except for that end of first half drive. So it looked like Washington was not going to be putting points on the board. At the time they pulled Hertz, it felt to me like a coin flip game. It felt to me like if the defense is just what, you know, does what the defense does and keeps them in this and makes a play or two, we can win. But it, it felt like a coin flip game until Sunfeld went in. Yes. I I wonder, did you want Washington to pull Alex Smith? Whew. So, yes. I, but it's tough. It looked like yes, and then he had that last gasp, first half touchdown drive. So I felt like he couldn't do it coming out of the half because they had a positive result there on top of all the, of the backstory, you know. Um, but then he just looked so bad again after that. There was one point where I was texting with my brothers and I was, I was like, if they throw anything other than a screen pass or maybe just like a quick like hitter, like, you know, get the ball, take two-step drop and, and fire it out. They're crazy. And the very next pass was an interception on a screen pass. <laughs> like, like Philly was so aggressively playing exactly that, like just a, just a quick passing game and playing to his entire, you know, complete lack of mobility that I don't even think just a, a screen game was there for them as an option. So going into next week, what do you do? Okay, so I asked this question on Twitter last night. And we had like 300 votes, and it's about 60-40 Henneke-Smith. 60-40, uh, 60% think you start Henneke. Where do you percent You think you start Smith. I think you have to start Smith. If he can go, I think you have to start him. I think you have to start him even if it's borderline ceremonial. You can't do it just to be purely ceremonial. But I think there's yeah. a yeah, yeah. He, he got you here. He's the story. He's everything. You put him in and you say to both of them, like, look, we're going to see what Alex can do. We're going to give him, a, you know, we're trying to give him a quarter. But if it gets out of hand, we're, we're making we have a quick hook. Um, I think that's the only way to do it. But I don't think unless he's injured, unless he comes out of the game unable to go, I, I don't think you can choose to start Taylor Heineke over Alex Smith, right. even though I think that that I agree with the uh, will of the masses that I think. Heineke probably gives you the best chance to compete. Um, I yeah. I, I mean, I just hope, I think that's right. And I hope it's not a scenario where they go to him at the half down 20 to three, you know, when it's like pretty much done already, which was the case um, against uh, Carolina with Haskins. You know, they let Haskins go and dug such a deep hole. By the time they got around to Heineke, it, it didn't really matter. You know, um, I, so I don't, I don't want to see that happen, but I do think Smith needs to start if he can, if he can go. Agreed. Um, I think, well, by the uh, way, can, can I make a side point there? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Hinnicky looked good against Carolina. We talked about, we chewed on that bone last week. Um, but Hinnicky is basically Nate Sudfeld. Like, this is the thing that's kind of annoying to me about this whole, like, Oh, Philly, you know, tanks, Philly gave it away, you know, sanctity of the game compromise. All this. Washington is basically playing with Nate Sudfeld every fucking play, every fucking week at quarterback. <laughs> you know, yeah. thanks to injuries and and whatever you want to call it, Dwayne Haskins and and I mean, don't forget our our backup quarterback is already out for the season. 
from earlier in the year. So we're down to a very compromised version of our already meager, what Alex Smith, who was started the season as the third string quarterback. With no leg. Bad version of him. Yeah. Or he started the guy who was at ODU a month ago. So don't give me this Nate Sudfeld. Like well, that looks like that looks like Tom Brady does. And don't forget that like he he Alex Smith, not only the third stringer, he was everybody almost assumed he wasn't gonna be on the roster. And then like it was this last do you remember this? He was this like this last minute thing where they're like, Yeah, he he made a push at the last week and convinced us that he could be on the roster to start right. the season. And it was like uh, I mean yeah, I agree with you. And I don't, I don't feel, uh, I, I was a little frustrated at the time, but I don't feel in hindsight like the Eagles tanking or whatever they were doing was as egregious as it felt in the moment. I honestly don't. Like it's, <laughs> it, it felt really bad. <laughs> it really did. But here's the thing I think the announcers really, really, um, did not do anything to support the Eagles because that's the moment where they have to say, yeah, you know, we were talking to uh, to Doug Peterson over the week and he's been saying all week this is what he was going to do. I, I didn't fully believe him, but I guess he's committed to it. And you sell it if that's what you want to do. Um, they didn't well, I mean, do what's it, what, what, But what what is the uh, as sales guys to say? What's the talk track there? <laughs> the talk track that you want to get a peek at Nate Sudfeld like it's a fucking preseason week four. Like there's no, I don't think there's a really good argument for why Hertz was benched. Well, the argument I would make is that uh, the most important thing to us is to go into this off season with Jalen healthy. Um, that that he's he's we're pretty sure he's either our guy or he's you know, we want him to be able to fully compete next year. And we want to have a full off season to evaluate him. Yeah. And we've seen what happens when a quarterback gets injured. You know, we lost Wentz for you know two separate years. We, we can't have that. We don't right. want a fluke injury out there. And you know, I think that's right. I, I think it's just confusing. The reason why I felt so bad in the moment and why I think the stink will will stick around for a while is that it was just very confusing. They 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 seem pretty competitive yeah like they wanted this win like the, like the way the whole approach the first two three quarters of the game was we're in this to win this and you had dallas and new york earlier in the day like fighting it out fighting it out to be the the uh the champ if, if washington fell so it just seemed like it was very abrupt and out of nowhere and kind of awkward that hurts would be benched if, All it, of if, it was if it was approached like, oh, Philly doesn't give a shit about this game from the, from the jump, <laughs> then, okay, well, th that sounds about right. They, they really had nothing to play for. So, All of this is true. But, you know, but also, like, I'm curious about this, like, motivation-wise. So there's motivation of, like, keep our guys healthy, whatever, going to the offseason with the healthy hurts. You've got the sixth pick instead of the ninth pick. Uh, by the way, the draft value on that apparently is, like, a, a low third rounder like moving up from nine to six. So they got a free like third round pick value. Sweet. Um, where was I going with that? There was another, oh, do you think Philly kid cares at all about like whether it's Washington or New York that wins the division and goes to the playoffs? Like there's no like bigger rivalry between those two really, is there? I mean, maybe, maybe to Philly there is. Maybe this is one of those times where we as you know washington fans and media bubble people and everything like that fail to realize just how toothless the team is viewed and therefore like you know they'd rather 
let Washington get in. And isn't that kind of cute? And then let New York, you know, swagger and think they have something going on. Um, I don't yeah. know. But, I mean, but it seemed like people were talking about it that way a little bit. Like, like they would rather Washington go into New York. And that just didn't quite scan with me. I, I feel like maybe you could say it about Philly, but I don't know. They all kind of hate each other equally, I thought. I thought so too. Maybe we're wrong. I, the the weird thing from another perspective is, you know, as you pointed out, Philly initially looked like they were starting to to try. It's starting the game. I mean, trying and continuing to try throughout the game, right yeah. up until they suddenly weren't. Uh, so, yeah. in an ordinary situation, this is where you'd have conspiracies like, oh, well, the league wanted Washington in the playoffs. The, somebody somebody put in the word, like you know figure out how to lose this. But the most common narrative I would say among Washington fans is that like the league is biased towards New York and maybe Dallas and the league allegedly like hates Washington. So you would never, ever have that. So there's like nothing here that makes sense with any traditional um, NFL narrative. Um, It's super weird. It's putting, it means you've got Washington on in prime time twice inside of seven days. Um, which you can't think is what is what they want. I mean, I know you got Tom Brady on the other side of the of the field, but really putting Washington on time again, no, it's, it's it, tough to watch. It, I mean, it's it's when, a slog when, when they have the ball. When they have the ball, it's tough to watch. I mean, I guess I don't know. I don't know if we should talk about how hard it was to watch Alex Smith any more than we already have, but it was really fucking hard. Like he couldn't. He couldn't put anything on the ball. He couldn't move at all. If the ball wasn't out within the first, like, two seconds, or maybe, I don't know, my stopwatch, but you get what I mean. You knew it was going to be either a sack or, like, a meager throwaway. Uh, I mean, it, I don't know that I've necessarily seen that. Like, a, a situation like that where you just really don't have any better option at quarterback. What it what it reminded me of, you know, you want everybody wanted it to be this narrative of uh, Alex Smith, you know, sort of stepping up and 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 the the real hero moment in the sports movie, um, you know, having this you know big game and winning and 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 coming all the way back. And what it reminded me of instead was in Major League, where what's his name, Tom Berenger, the broken down old catcher, you know, mm-hmm. he's he's calling a shot and they're they're making it look like he's going to, you know at the very end of his career have this huge thing, but instead it's this savvy veteran move and all he can do is, you know, lay down a bunt. Yeah. That's what this reminds me of is like the best you can hope for from Alex Smith is that he draws them off sides uh, with a, a really good hard count at the very end. And that's his like triumphant hero moment. Oh, so that was, um, he did that at the end on that drive at the end of the first half, right? It was like fourth and inches. No, he did. When was that? It was the second half. That was that was oh, the was that was I think okay. the second to last. I think Washington wound up losing the ball after that, maybe having to punt. But that was like yeah, to prolong right. the last drive, and yeah, that to me right. is like the big the music swells and his hero moment is like he yells "hut" real loud and somebody jumps <laughs> off sides. <laughs> that's where Alex Smith is at now. Uh, it's 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 grim. I know, and it's like you. You need it to be mistake-free as well. And that's the problem. Like, last night was not mistake-free. He did have two picks. One was, like, a weird, you know, like, the the screen pass. He, he threw it high and late and, you know, got whatever, bobbled and, and intercepted. The, the other one was, like, I, the announcers were very forgiving. They were like, Logan Thomas fell down on the play. 
Yeah, but like that ball was probably picked anyways. Like it looked like it was behind him and high. Like you basically need him to be mistake free for it to be okay that he's so limited. And he's not. He's he's throwing picks. The announcers were pretty forgiving of everything that Washington did wrong um, last night. Like Steven Sims muffed another punt in a really, oh really God. crucial moment. <laughs> oh, my God. So glad you brought that up. Yeah, it was during the Sudfeld portion of the program. Yeah. Washington's up six. All they need to do is basically not, like, shoot themselves in the foot. And he muffed a punt in his own territory. Thankfully, he fell on it. Yes. He had a big punt return a little earlier in the game, which is good because otherwise you could make a really compelling argument that if you simply put any human being back there or no them, human being or no, well, no, you need somebody back there to like look like they might catch it and then sort of trot forward and let the ball hit. Um, yeah, yeah. You'd have been in better shape. Uh, I think if you have no one back there, they just place it and, you know, drop it in and. I can't, I can't even give him credit on, on like his 20 yard punt return. Cause I remember as soon as that punt left the guy's foot, it was like a long line drive. Really all he'd had to do was catch and stroll forward and he was going to get like 20 yards. Now that said, I find myself happy about this whole thing. I, like I'm pretty excited about it. <laughs> the, the Sims part. They were everything. Just the whole thing. Like I feel like we've been focused a lot on the many, many, many sort of both negatives and ambivalent aspects and questionable aspects yeah. of the overall yeah. game. Yeah. But on the whole, I mean, I would, I would, I would have to go back and listen to our preseason pod, which I just, I cannot see myself doing. But no, I don't think either, I don't think either of us at our most, most optimistic had them winning the division under any circumstances, regardless of no. what stupid record, and advancing to the no. playoffs. I, d- no. I don't think that happened. Not only that, when Rivera benched Haskins and said it, was, they want to contend for the playoffs, it was like week three or four, or whatever week that was. Right? It was like week three, four, when he got benched, roughly. Mm-hmm. I it was after week four. That, like, I reacted to that like Jim Mora. Like, even in the season, I thought the playoffs were such a ridiculous notion that it was to be discarded. I mean, I, I heard a stat today. I think this is true. They're the first team that started two and seven that has ever made the playoffs. Yes, I believe that's correct. And, and uh, But I, I, I am happy, though, because that means they finished five and two. Regardless yeah, which of seemed... what happened last night, which you know was kind of a weird win. I mean, they finished five and two. And they exceeded, like, the projected win total for the season, and they're the division champs. Like, yeah, I'm stoked. Yeah, I agree. It's, I, like, it's just, it's very exciting. It's exciting. You know, one thing that you've said a lot over the years on this podcast is, like, all you want is at Thanksgiving to be able to, like, care about the game. Like, that's, that's yeah. pretty much been your sort of right. go-to yeah. talking point. Well, it's January. It's next year, and we're, we're, we've got a game that we care about. Like, that's pretty cool. That's, that's, okay, so also, let's get crazy. As soon as okay, this is going to be a weird comparison. I don't want to compare Nate Sudfeld to Tom Brady, but I will. <laughs> They're a much better defense against a quarterback like Nate Sudfeld or Tom Brady, who is going to make love to the pocket. Yes, you're not wrong. And and I think it's an interesting matchup for that reason. Like the Redskins or the Washington front four, who uh, Al Michaels called the Maroon Four last night. <laughs> It was actually, I actually chuckled at that. I'm not going to lie. It was, yeah. uh, I mean, they could, that, that's like the sort of defense that has given Tom Brady trouble. 
you know, with the, a team that can generate a pass rush with its front four. And, and so maybe on that side of the ball, you like that matchup a lot better than you like, you know, Washington against Seattle or whatever. And you, you know, you asked about the talk track for, for, I forget what we were talking about, but that's how you're, that's how they're going to sell it to the primetime game this week is yeah. youth and, you know, Chase Young, this blossoming young star in this crazy defensive line against grizzled veteran Tom Brady. That's the only way you can sell it. So, well, um, you really don't have to sell anything. It's the super wild card weekend. This is going to be awesome. I know. I'm pretty <laughs> excited NFL for this. Games. Yeah. That, that particular matchup might be. Not super exciting, but six playoff games over the course of two days is just awesome. Uh, and sells spe- itself. Speaking purely as as a as a viewer and a consumer of NFL playoff football, I feel like Washington is in the perfect spot for me because we get to watch a couple of games to build up the excitement. Then you have Washington Saturday night. If they somehow pull it off and win, you get to you get you know there's going to be a high no matter what. But if they if they lose. Um, you still got three more games. We, we, you know what I mean? Like you, you don't have this week reminded me how much I hate when my team is playing Sunday night football or Monday night football in a regular week. Mm-hmm. Cause you're just sort of, you're just anticipating. You really are. I think you tweeted this. Somebody tweeted like literally like waiting all day for mm-hmm. Sunday night. Um, mm-hmm. And it sucks. It's really, it's like, it's frustrating. And we've got sort of the best of both worlds here where you get to, you know, get it out of the way a little early, but also, you know, it's, it's not the first game. There's just not yet. I don't know. It seems like a good spot. I'm pretty excited. Pretty excited about yeah, that. I'm into it. My only bummer is like my kids, like our family would watch that normally, but it's going to go to like 1130. So, but it's going to 1130 on a Saturday. That's the thing. I'm yeah, going to, I'll, I'll, I'm do, certainly willing... New Year's Eve. My kids are like barely physically able, capable of staying up that late. <laughs> you know, it's like they, you can only ask so much, man. Yeah, no, my, my kids, my kids have adopted a more or less full like college student level ability to just keep stupid hours. So if we let them, they will they will definitely give it a, a fair shake to try to watch the whole thing. What do you think the line is on the Tampa game? I actually already heard it. So if you haven't heard it, you go ahead and guess. I looked, I just looked it up and it was 7.5. That's what I heard also. I think that's I think that's charitable to watch. I think it's going to tick towards Tampa over the course of the week. Yeah, if I was a betting man, I would bet now because I I don't I just I would guess it's going to be like a ten point game, you know, I, or it should be should be like a ten point line <laughs> at least. I would probably still go over. <laughs> I think, yeah. I think Tampa could destroy them. I mean, I sure like the the defensive line could feast on Tom Brady, but Tom Brady could very very easily feast on you know sort of the the middle linebackers, the middle yeah. the the. the cornerbacks there's there's a lot of places for brady to do his work um he's got a bunch of weapons uh, I, I don't know it's it, not to mention that it, this is not a team that looks capable of mustering a lot of points um on offense so that's kind <laughs> of a problem least, yeah. too you know it's it's really so, um the, the problem with tampa is like okay so it's great that tom brady's a pocket passer but They've won four straight. Here are their points the last four weeks in order uh, from from four weeks ago to yesterday. 26, 31, 47, 44. <laughs> they put up 90 points the past two weeks. How um how much did Washington put up against Dallas, their big offensive explosion? Yeah, as I look at this, what, Tampa had four 40 burgers this year and then two other games where they scored 38. 
They put a lot of points on the board, Matt. Yeah, I um, I I really struggle to see Washington winning this game. Which is, I mean, uh, to be honest, that's psychologically where I do my best work. Anyway, it keeps me the healthiest. Mm-hmm. Since uh, did I was, you think they were going to win last night? Nope. At no point did I think they were going to win last night. In fact, right up until the final gun, I didn't think they were going to win last night. Yeah, I didn't um, think so either. I was. I, I, I really was, thought this was going to be the Nate Sudfeld game, like when he came in, and all they needed was a touchdown to go to, to get ahead. I, I thought you know maybe they could get that. <laughs> I, yeah, the, or it would go or, down in infamy. That game would have gone down in infamy as the Nate Sudfeld game. Or that the offense was going to turn the ball over, or that yeah. Sims was going to muff a they, punt. The there offense, were. A, I think they did turn the ball over, didn't they? Give. Philly? Yeah, but they didn't. They didn't throw a pick six. There was no. There was no. Yeah defensive score which is what i was sort of anticipating i know i i thought the whole weekend i thought they were going to lose and then watching the game i felt justified in thinking they were going to lose uh and then somehow weirdly they didn't lose which is strange uh we haven't talked about chase young enough like he just continues to get like bigger and brighter just a big shining star Charlie's my sidekick. sorry he that's okay he uh he is pretty impressive, and I mean, I you know, last one week is is hard to do a referendum, but this week was certainly a blow against your argument for taking Tua over Chase Young. I think we can safely say. Yeah, I don't know. I I can't safely say anything about that because if you still if you don't have a quarterback, you've got nothing. Maybe, like, but it's but the but Tua did not look good yesterday on a really crucial game for the Dolphins and. Yeah. And Young did. I I think my point is, like, you have the second pick in the draft. I thought at the time, just Joe, you know, idiot podcaster, that Tua was the second best quarterback in the draft. Maybe a professional scout would think that Herbert was the second best or some other guy. apparently not. I mean, Herbert had the best rookie season of a quarterback of all time. Yep. So, and Tua, I don't know, whatever. He was good. He's a year removed from injury. I, I would much, 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 much rather have him than the QB on the roster. So I, I, I still struggle with this. Like, I'm so glad Chase Young looks like a generational talent, and he looks awesome. I love watching Chase Young. I love that he's on the team. I fucking hate having, like, the Nate Sudfeld equivalent at the quarterback position. But I just, I feel like they, I mean, my outlook, I think I said this last week, but my outlook for what they're going to need when the offseason comes around is – really different. Like I would be totally okay if they focused on all the other positions besides quarterback and signed an adequate quarterback. Cause I really feel like simple adequate quarterbacking gives this team two more wins and puts them in a position yeah. going into this week where I'm like, all right, maybe they can do something. Like, I mean, honestly, we, I, I keep using Teddy Bridgewater as my example, but anybody, a guy like that. I went, I went to a dark place yesterday. I was fantasizing about Andy Dalton. Yeah, that is grim. I mean, I guess he he fits the bill. Also, I guess you're absolutely right. But I mean, that, that's how bad Washington is at quarterback. If we had Andy Dalton this year, are we sweating out the division, or are we coasting in at like nine and seven? Yes, and despite that, and despite having only one wide receiver that is viewed as a real threat, and a rookie running back who seems pretty good, but you know. The, not exactly lighting the world on fire and a tight end who is having a good year, but is again, nothing that anybody views as a threat. The team still managed to win seven games and is going to the playoffs. So it really, 
I, it's hard to, I think it's hard to overstate just how bad the quarterbacking has been in Washington yeah. this year. And yet they had a pretty good season, even, even like, let's say one of the other teams wins more, not, you know, you don't change any of Washington's wins, but you know, D- Dak doesn't get hurt. Dallas has a better season, and other than the Washington games, wins a bunch. Washington finishes seven and nine and misses the playoffs. I think we're sitting around talking about this as a positive year and a growing year. I really do. Um, mm-hmm. I think the playoffs yeah. are just kind of icing on it. You know? Oh, totally, um, totally. Yeah. I mean, we were. I think we would have been happy preseason. We said I think six wins was like that would be great progress. But you're doubling your win total, moving in the right direction. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's, it's gravy that they win the division. I I don't know. I, I The quarterback conversation is one for another day, I guess. Uh, I, I I am still concerned, or or I guess I go back and forth. I go back and forth between, like, either taking the best available quarterback at our pick, which is 19, or if you really think somebody is the guy, like, do whatever, you, whatever it takes to go up and get them. I, I waffle between that. <laughs> And like bringing in whoever, you know, Matt Stafford or Carson Wentz or Sam Darnold or whoever is available from around the league and maybe making a run at like a 10-win season. The the good slash bad news is that I, I don't think Alex Smith is going to be a concern next year. They made enough mentions on the broadcast last night about the possibility of this being his last season that I think – it must be one of those things where he's sort of semi-openly talking about it and they're just not announcing it yet. So yeah. uh, Yeah. I I, get that vibe. You do. And I think he's proven what he needed to prove. And I think after this, the risk is significantly higher than the reward for him. And I think he's out. So you don't have to like feel like you're, you know, uh, kicking a puppy with three legs and one, drop foot splint thing helping him walk or whatever yeah. um so that's yeah. good news sort of i don't know yeah what i else do was... I, I do i do want to study because i glossed over it i do just love watching chase young like oh, the, there the sack he had which was like i guess it was like a, a, a rpo or whatever and he kind of faked like he was gonna get the running back but instead he he had jalen hurts in mind and just eight ate him up <laughs> just ate him up and it was like it was such a special play you know like that's the sort of like aaron donald type play and then there was another one where hertz was rolling out right and he was kind of taking his sweet time like you know directing traffic and looking downfield um but he did not account for like chase young that chase young was coming and that that's just like a different game speed than anybody yep. else it's, it's so it's just awesome to watch, and and Sweat too. Sweat has had a few of those moments last night where you're like, oh, that dude's special. And hell, I mean, Payne and Allen, like that that front four is just awesome. That's like the only part of the Washington football team I enjoy watching. But but <laughs> I mean, it's it, yeah. But I mean, it, it, but it's not just enjoy watching. It's like they're really good, and I do feel like Chase Young has helped to unlock uh, Sweat, and you know, to a yeah. lesser extent, Allen and Payne. I, I think that. I mean, I think he's done everything, everything that that even the most wildly optimistic predictions put on him as this sort of second player, generational defensive talent in the draft. I think he's actually achieved. Um, I to- I I totally agree. The first half of the season, it wasn't there. Like we can debate whether it was a, the bus conversation was appropriate or where the first half he was not that player, and the team sucked. The second half, he was that player, and the team went five and two down the stretch 
Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, figuring it out, taking half a season to figure out is one of the quickest learning curves I've ever seen. I mean, maybe I'm misremembering, but even Sean Taylor, didn't it take him a little while to get things going? I, yeah, I think he had a lot of like flash plays at least, but I also kind of, this is going to be bad. I kind of felt like that was his whole career with Washington. It's kind of what? like the flash play. I just don't yeah. know that Sean Taylor ever, I don't, I just don't remember it ever being like consistently at all pro level. Um, I told you it was going to be bad. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I'm, you know, I'm the one who always has to tread carefully around Sean Taylor. Cause I, I think that the level of, of reverence that he receives is sort of, uh, peculiar, but I'm looking. No, I guess he he started well, pretty I, strong. I still I he, still revere him. Like I loved yeah. him when he played and yeah, you know, whatever. No, I love him in the hindsight, but it, I don't know that like the production. It, I don't remember him being like Ed Reed back there, you know. And it was also and maybe that's the way it was headed. But yeah, Chase no, he, Young at this point is like I don't know. He's like he just is a total beast all the time. Is. Taylor, his rookie year, had four interceptions but uh, and two forced fumbles, but no fumble recoveries, one sack, three tackles for loss. I don't remember. I can't picture his rookie season at all in my head. I just can't. I can't remember, like, anything about it. So, whatever. You, so um, last night, there was almost a Chase Young scoop and score. Yes. Uh, which, before he even got tackled, was reminding me of the Sean Taylor scoop and score against Philly. Um, I don't remember the exact details of it, but I th- wasn't there like a Sean Taylor fumble return touchdown against Philly that was like his number one career highlight? Was it Philly or was it Dallas? I thought it was. I or am I mixing Dallas. them up? Maybe I'm it's mixing like, them it's up. It's like 15 years ago at this point. I know it's been so long. It's so depressing how long it's been. I was just looking at that. Like, it's weird to realize that he would almost certainly be retired by now, even if he had had anything other than like. A Tom Brady-esque, you know, longevity to his career. That's just um, so strange. Uh, Pete Haley actually tweeted this. Uh, uh, actually, it was it was not from this game last night. It was a different thing. Never mind. Just disregard. The scoop and score was against Tampa Bay. Okay, right. And it, but it was it, it looked more the Sean Taylor one looked more like Chase Young's touchdown a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that's uh, what he did. He did like a yeah. comp between the two. Yeah, those 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 two reminded, but that, for me it was just because of the way the field was laid out. If I remember correctly, it was on the same sideline, going the same direction on your TV they're screen. Both wearing, they're both wearing all whites. Yeah, as well. the all whites. Are but yeah, pretty, it was, uh, the, it was this, yeah the all whites. Aren't they like three and zero in the all whites? They are. They're they're pretty crisp. Um, I did not like the broadcast last night. I will say that it seemed like there was something different about the way Sunday Night Football was doing the fake crowd noise, and it just felt like a lifeless, empty broadcast. Did you get that at all? Yeah, yeah, and also like, well, there was that, but there was some weird crotchety stuff going on. Like Al Michaels kept being like anti-analytics in kind of a weird way, and I don't know, maybe he's always like that. I just don't pay that close of attention. Um, Collinsworth seemed to not be familiar with Jalen Hurts as a player. Like, it's just saying a lot of stuff that didn't seem to reflect Hurts' pedigree as a passer. I mean, one of the most prolific passers in college football. Also, like the fact that he transferred to Oklahoma. I'm not sure that Collinsworth was aware of that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. He seemed oddly perplexed by that. Like, even I remember Jalen Hurts, and I'm only the most casual of college football viewers. Yeah. Um, so that that was weird. Uh, the Chris Collinsworth is a big, like, 
stakeholder in pro football yeah. focus, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that seemed the, the sniping on that seemed a little weird. I thought Al seemed a little crotchety and at times even almost like like really grumpy old man in a way that I don't usually associate with him. He's probably yeah. my favorite play-by-play guy, and yeah. I was not getting that vibe last night. Well, there was a lot of crotchiness on Twitter last night from like unaffiliated parties watching this game that were just like, how could you, you know, compromise the sanctity of game 256? Yeah, that was weird. Which, well, what is that? Before yesterday, I had never even heard of like the 256 number. I guess that's the number of games there are in a regular season total. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, and yeah, that's cool that like during the COVID year, they were able to play all 256. But I don't know. Just like from Rich Eisen and people like that, like, you know, like, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you uh, make game 256 less than all it could be? Yeah, I wish I took anything in my life as seriously as NFL people take NFL games and stuff. Like, it's really, it's kind of insane. Back to PFF, I really like, and and they've done this a couple years, I really like when they introduce all the starters, they do like the PFF ranks, like the positional ranks for each player. So it's like Chase Rouillet, congrats on the $40 million contract, that's awesome. He's like the eighth best, eighth highest ranked center in the league this year according to PFF. Cool. <laughs> like, I, I have no idea how to rank offensive linemen. And I did notice that, like, our offensive line, I think, um, like, three of the five might have been top 10 or top 10-ish, and all five were, like, in the top 15 at their position. So I was like, okay, that's cool. They're, like, the analytics are suggesting the offensive line is solid. Cool. <laughs> but there's some real head scratchers. I think Ronald Darby was, like, the sixth-ranked corner in the league. Yeah, really? I find my, I find myself really skeptical of PFF. I don't know if I'm like um, biased by. I think it's Cooley. Is it Chris Cooley who's real skeptical of them? Somebody in the in the market is very um, lukewarm on PFF, and it's somebody yeah. who it's definitely an ex player who is skeptical of their ability to correctly judge what someone was supposed to do, which is pretty right. integral wow. to because they score each play exactly like each player each play of each player and like assign like a success fail or score for that play. And it all adds up and whatever, but yes, that would make sense if they're not looking for the right things, that would be a flawed system. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's, I'm, I'm a little hesitant, but I don't know why. And I don't know enough to be accurately hesitant. I just know that, but it's nice. I agree with you. It's nice to have the rankings because at least then you have some sense of like, Oh, well, that guy's dreadful or that guy's, you know, decent. It, it at least gives right. you some framework for players you otherwise might not know anything about, uh, which well, in the case I mean, of if they're not, if they don't get fantasy stats, I basically just like, I don't know, maybe some pass rushers. You could look at like, you know, QB hurries and sacks and hit and kind of triangulate their effectiveness. But like for half, if not more of the players on the field, you have really no way of quantifying their their ability. At least Can this, this, this attempts to do it. Well, speaking of those type of players, can we talk for a second about that tweet that uh, the Washington football team account sent out that I, I texted you last night um, with my question about sure. the, they, they they tweeted out. Uh, it, it's a tweet with a picture of, you know, four players kind of like pregame getting ready to, you know, whatever. And 
the 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 text is just whatever it takes it was part of their i thought they did a pretty good job hyping the game and, and building up the energy of the team and that was great they did good work for that but the first picture on this tweet is number 59 on washington whose name is uh spelled k-u-n-a-s-z-y-k so Kunachik, maybe I, I don't i don't know and number 48 whose name is kendrick's and i i'm not exaggerating when i say i have no idea who those people are. Um, I thought it was a fascinating decision. I mean, like, are they saying whatever it takes, meaning we are going to play these two people who you have literally never heard of? <laughs> like, just, it was baffling and it made me feel really stupid because, you know, I'm not, I'm not as crazed as I once was. I'm not as familiar with the no, depths with of you. the roster as I used to be, but it, this was stunning to see a team come uh, a tweet come out from the official team account where I just flat out had no idea who the players were. That seemed like, well, I think weird. that's, expe- I think that's especially true this season. Well, there was other like post-game locker room, you know, like they're all posed like the group pick and I could name like two, two guys, <laughs> you know, I'm like, is that Cam Curl? I think so. I don't know the other six dudes. <laughs> Um, I think that's also a byproduct of like last season with they were so bad. This season they were supposed to be so bad again. This season for the first three months they were in fact so bad. You just can't pay as close attention. You don't. You're. You know. Like I. I didn't watch most of the games the first half of the season. So, you know, I've been into it since Thanksgiving. But yeah. you know, if there was a, if they were good every year, and I'm all about it all the time, and like you know, I think we'd be more familiar with like these down roster dudes. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. That, like, I didn't recognize people uh, in the post game stuff because I, they didn't have their helmets on. I don't. I, I'm not at the point yet where I would recognize Cam Curl uh, without his jersey on but this is you're not only seeing the numbers you're literally looking at the numbers and the names on the back of the jersey and i'm still like nope no clue right so yeah no that was that was somewhat baffling that was a a real low point for me uh as as far as watching washington this year that was that was a bit much anything else from last night's game trying to think what the other big uh topics were i think for me the the other thing i really want to just sort of highlight is that you know, I consider the possibility that they might lose. I allowed myself to vaguely entertain the possibility that they might win. Um, neither of those felt really like ugh, so typical DC sports. But winning in a game where the main conversation is that the other team may have thrown the game and where you looked pretty awful for three quarters of the game, that that feels about right to me. That is exactly the correct way for this to have ended uh dc sports wise i just that, that feels right you know absolutely and i i thought one thing that uh was funny was the no hats policy that i think uh jim schwartz had thrown out there i'm not sure yeah. was, was did jim miss the meeting where uh doug peterson let everybody know that they weren't trying to win yeah it feels like the, it feels like there may be some problems in philly i mean i have to say that after yesterday if Peterson were this year's surprise firing, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it would come as a total shock. You know, Peterson and Kingsbury yeah, certainly seem like the odds-on favorites for the, oh my gosh, can't believe that happened, uh, firings. Well, that's the thing that I was talking about earlier. Like, yeah, you improve three draft spots, but at what cost? You know, like, I think at, at, at the very least, you've got some players in that locker room that are like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> you know, you've yeah. definitely got a lot of media that are that are saying that. And 
I don't know. He was already kind of enduring a tough season. Like it, it might put him on the on the brink. Do it's you just, um, again? So weird. So weird. I I found the attitude of Giants players um, in their tweets and whatnot. Like they had a lot of swagger for a team that was counting on sliding backwards into the playoffs on six wins. You know, it's yeah. it's a little yeah. weird. Yeah. I, I get it. I mean, I think as I watched some of that game, like they were playing their asses off, you know, like they, they played that like a playoff game that New York and Dallas and they won it and they're waiting all day for Sunday night. And it's a close game. I could see how they'd have an emotional response to that. I, I give them a pass. Uh, what, one thing from last night that was, I don't know. I'm not sure if it's annoying or whatever. It's probably for the good of the game. Very early on first drive hurts does a designed run he's coming through the hole cole holcomb slides over to meet him and tackle him for like a very short game holcomb you know leaves his feet he's going to make the tackle hurt starts to slide holcomb hits him mid slide gets the 15 yard penalty that is such a rough like i don't know what you're supposed to do as a football player to avoid getting that penalty i understand it's for the safety of the game and, and the quarterbacks but to start off a game against a really mobile guy who's going to run a lot that way was it was a bitter pill. It was frustrating. It was definitely frustrating. But are we happy? I mean, is that where we're leaving this? Are we happy? What do we think? Absolutely. Yeah, I'm, me too. I, mean, I, I like winning. It's better than losing. And I last, night, last night would have sucked. It would have sucked for like, Years to come, if they had lost that game against the Eagles team that was kind of giving up, it would it would been like a, just a disappointment and kind of an embarrassment for possibly decades. I agree. <laughs> we would have remembered. We would have remembered that. We I will not have... really remember. Like, oh yeah, we'll remember that. Like Washington won the division at seven and nine one year, and uh, wasn't that funny? But I don't think we're going to remember. Like, oh, they only got in because like Jalen Hurts was benched in the fourth quarter of the last game. Yeah, I feel like losing this game would have undone a lot of the goodwill that I built up. I genuinely do. I, I think that, that that would have been so. I think that would have been a devastating loss. Um, yeah, just three straight in this to season. The, all yeah. you had to do was win. Was all you had to do was win one. Yep, and the last one is to a team that's resting like eighty-five percent of its starters. I, I think that would have been pretty devastating to the psyche yeah. of this team. Um, yeah. And instead, you get, you know, some ambiguity. But uh, on the whole, they get to play a playoff game. So you get a playoff game. Yeah, you get, you get a playoff game, and you had a, a positive season in pretty much every way except for quarterback. I mean, and I also look at, like, we, we talk a lot about the defense. But also suddenly, between McLaurin, Logan Thomas, Antonio Gibson, and J.D. McKissick, you've got the makings of a competent offense. Like, if there was just semi-decent quarterback play, you could say now, like, oh, they've got some, some guys to work with. Yeah, and the, the beginning offense, of the year, it was only McLaurin. Same for the offensive line, which was serviceable. I'm not, I'm not yeah. claiming they were great. I'm not, I don't think they're solved. But going into the season, you felt like, oh, my God, this offensive line is going to need to be – all five guys are going to need to be replaced after the year. Uh, and that appears not to be the case. Um, so, you know, that's pretty cool. Um, they're, they're in good position heading into next season and maybe they're, you know, uh, they're not heading into next season yet. So that's, that's also good. All right. Well, I can't wait for Saturday night. I'm looking forward to next week. Anything else you want to talk about? 
Yeah, my one quick non non sports thing is just a follow up. Uh, did you realize? Did you follow the stupid Bean Dad controversy on Twitter yesterday? I've only seen reference to it a hundred times, but I don't even know what it is. I, I okay. decided not to not to search it. Whatever, it's kind of stupid. Uh, the the ten second thing is some guy starts tweeting about how his nine-year-old wanted to eat something and he was like we'll open a can of beans and the kid couldn't figure out how to work the can opener and then six hours later she figured out how to work the can opener um and twitter did its twitter thing and went ballistic on like you know everybody had their own take on why this was bad uh and then of course they start digging up some old tweets that were appeared questionable although it appears they may have been taken out of context or whatever whatever the only reason i bring all of this up because otherwise it's just the most generic stupid Twitter thing is that the person in question was John Rodericks. Do you know who John Rodericks is? No. Okay. He's the lead singer of the long winters. Do you remember who oh, the long winters wow. are? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They had one song that was on song exploder and it's great Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That was the first song exploder episode that I recommended to you on whatever. Yeah. I think it was on the podcast, but it maybe yeah. it was just via text or something, That's but like that the was the song by the long winters. I even know it's like on my best of, you know, like all time songs playlist. So I, yeah, I, I, yeah. Just exactly a spectacular song, spectacular yeah. song. And, and also really, you know, it has that, uh, the crew compartments breaking up part that always, yeah, yeah. It, it felt really good for, for a few years there to have that sort of refrain to fall back on. So uh-huh. realizing that that was the guy who was bean dad was just this like bizarre, uh, left field experience. It was just really strange. So, I, 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 I'm going against that dude uh, in this in this one um, because I I can't open a can of beans. Like I'd be better off with like a, like a like a hammer or something, and like I can't operate a can opener. And I think it's because I'm left-handed. I don't know something about it. I I it's it's like I have to have my wife do it. Okay, um, fair enough. The left-handed thing is actually interesting because it makes some kind of sense. I mean, I struggle because our current can opener has in the last six months started not working very well. So I assume something has bent or is otherwise wrong with it, but with a functioning can opener, I'm pretty solid, but I, I side with him because like, who cares? Like, you know what? I'm sure my kids are good at some things that other people's kids aren't. And I'm sure they are dreadful at some things that other people's kids are. It's like, just, just chill out everybody. Like, seriously, come on. I mean, if if my kids, I mean, I'm the opposite of like the bean dad who makes the kid like figure it out. My kids are hungry. I'm like, oh, what toppings would you like on your pizza? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Me, me too. My, my wife is alternately shocked, thrilled, and appalled at how I'll be like, sure, I'll make three different breakfasts for two different children every morning. Like, why not? Um, yeah, no, I'm with you on that. So anyway, that was the only thing I wanted to bring up. I knew we would be long on football today. So that was the only non-football item. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, the, the Wizards did start off 0-5, which was distressing. Also alarming was that John Wall came out of came out like a you know cannon shot for for the Rockets. He's he played like two or three games and just looked like better than he's ever looked in his life. Yep. Uh, so that was also concerning. not great. Not great. Um, but I also think like even though it's not started well for the Wizards and for Westbrook and it started well for for Wall and the Rockets like I did not see that coming with Wall and who knows how it's going to go I mean two games is is nothing um but I see a lot of people on the Houston side being like and they gave us a pick <laughs> like wow this is incredible this is we we killed them in this trade 
And maybe, I don't know. Uh, thankfully, the, the Wizards have won their last couple games. They beat Brooklyn yesterday, which is a, a nice win. I mean, KD and Kyrie on the other side of the, of the court. Um, you know, it's a nice win. And it's so early. And again, Denny, the rookie, looks good. Bertans is starting to pick up and, and get into playing shape. Like, I still feel pretty good about the Wizards, like, at least being a play, in playoff contention. Uh, and I still would do that trade again. But the early returns have not been kind. No, although Denny has looked good from what I've watched. And mm-hmm. to hear my Wizards fansy friends talk about it, um, he's apparently maybe even been better than that. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, no, I mean it's and they just got Rui back. Like basically, and Thomas Bryant looks good. So you basically have a starting five of like Beal, Westbrook, Denny, Rui, Thomas Bryant with Bertans coming off the bench, one of the best shooters in the league. And so that's pretty solid. The problem is like figuring out who should play and who gets the ball and you know whatever. And Brooks is a questionable at that. So they just have a lot to figure out. But I feel like it's all there for them to be like the sixth or seventh best team in the East, which sounds great to me after the past few years. Yeah. Um, but it was hard to see wall. I mean, wall looked freaking awesome. in, in like the highlight package for Houston it was kind of shocking to be honest. I'm, and, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm choosing to be happy for wall rather than annoyed the wizards for yeah. screwing it up. Cause he always, you know, whatever he's fine. He's fine. I, Everything's I do, fine. I do want to see him do well. It's just hard. Cause I kind of assumed he didn't. And that's how I made peace with the trade. <laughs> you know, if, if like you knew that wall was in top form and coming back and like, you felt good about wall uh, on the court, you probably don't make that trade or at least you wouldn't as a fan want to see it be made. Uh, because Westbrook is pretty much exactly what you'd expect Westbrook to be. Like, he's a triple-double machine. He's taking rests on back-to-backs. He's at that point in his career. He's super high usage. Like, he can't shoot, obviously. Um, questionable effort on defense. Like, all that stuff is there with Westbrook. But, you know, you what you can expect is, like, he's going to be, like, a borderline all-NBA player and, and probably, you know, play the full season which I wouldn't have expected either of those things from wall. I still don't. Right. And you still, you still might not get it. So yeah. Uh, who okay. knows? And the caps got Zidane Chara from the, from the Bruins. Yeah. That seemed weird. Six foot, 43 year old, six foot, nine inch legendary hockey player who they've been grappling with for like 15 years now. Uh, like, like three different capitals tweeted photos of them like getting in fights or in scrums with Chara and being like, glad you're on our side, big guy. <laughs> um, and the Bruins side of it, I don't know. They've got to be like, what, what are we doing? Like what we traded him to, we're going to have to play him eight, eight times this year. This is like one of our beloved franchise icons. It's just weird vibes all around. It does seem super weird. Um, I'm not, I'm honestly not quite sure what to make of that. I just remember him being tall and I assume he'll continue being tall. And uh, that, that's really about what I've got for it. Um, I think he has the hardest recorded slap shot. They do like a hardest shot competition at the all-star in NHL. And like Ovechkin's won it before. Um, so there's that. He can hit the puck really hard. <laughs> that's good that seemed i mean i don't know a lot you about shoot the uh, puck really hard. hockey i don't know a lot yeah. about hockey but that seems like a good thing um well i don't know it's it's something like i i'm i like it because the caps basically i think it's like the same team minus Braden holtby 
so they're going to start the season two weeks from now. And yeah, that's fine. I mean, they've got a lot of good players, L- love the caps, but now there's one new wrinkle that, you know, might be something new to watch for. Um, and then I just realized, and this is a total deviation, but I just realized that, um, so I presume we'll be doing a pod next week, one way or another, we'll be doing a post, um, a post uh, playoff game pod. Uh, if, if Washington somehow wins next week, um, then we will have to leave time in the following week's pod to incorporate the WandaVision segment that will take the place of our Mandalorian segments. So <laughs> somehow, somehow this football season has stretched out much longer than I ever thought it could. You know, I'll have to watch WandaVision just so I can talk about it, but I'm not sure I would watch WandaVision otherwise. Well, you don't have to watch it then, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I, no, I, 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 I miss out on this, on this stuff. Like I, like I was have hanging out with a couple of guys this weekend. They're having like this big Wonder Woman, like Marvel Universe conversation. And I was like, I, I don't, I, I might as well not be here, guys. <laughs> I, I, well, you've only got 23 movies to watch to help understand what's going on in WandaVision. So uh, start now. <laughs> wait a minute. I do, I, do, wait a minute do, do I need to know? Can I come into WandaVision cold? I think the best thing for from a podcasting perspective is for you to come into WandaVision totally cold. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. Well, that's well, that's what's going to happen. Either I'm going to be cold or I'm not going to watch. Because, because to me, that was always the most interesting part of of Mandalorian was Mandalorian. hearing was hearing you know your reaction to somebody who was less obsessive than I am. So uh, we'll have the same thing here. But I just think it's fascinating that somehow the football season's still going on. Like when, when they announced WandaVision was dropping on, I think January 15th, I think um, I was like, you know, wow, that's forever away. Everything. But, but the football season, it's still going. Yeah. And for 18 teams, it's not <laughs> for 14. It is. Washington is one of them, by the way, Washington finished with a positive point differential too. It's not the just like team- seven and nine and shitty. And, you know, they're actually like an average team. They're a legit yeah. average team. They're super average, and and in this town, that has to count as a pretty big win. Yeah, buddy. All right, well, have a great week, and uh, yeah, we'll catch up after the uh, Super Wild Card weekend. Sounds good. Happy New Year, man. Happy New Year. Peace.